welcome to our first episode of the Big Badge Energy Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Chess. And we're really excited to launch this series and have you join us on the journey where we have raw conversations tackling the dominant issues women face today. We started this series because I felt like there was a lot that needed to be brought to the forefront regarding women's rights and finding our place in this world. I felt like as a passionate woman in business... And a modern-day feminist, Alex is the partner, perfect partner in crime for this. Oh, thanks, Chess. I think we uh, both felt really fed up and, and disheartened at all the issues that women are still exposed to and what's meant to be mm. a modern, equal, progressive society, right? Yep. So, you know, it's 2021, and we're still seeing these discrepancies in things like women's pay, and you got violence against women, mm-hmm. which is still really prevalent slut shaming of women in media and the list goes on and on and on and on I don't need to tell you yeah I mean what put us what really put us over the edge and feel like made made us feel like we had to voice our concerns and our frustrations was what happened with Sarah Everard Sarah for those who don't know was a 33 year old woman who went missing on her walk home from a friend's house in London in March 2021 and I think I don't know what really struck a chord with everyone like the Mm. women female community in in London is she did literally everything right that you're supposed to do as a woman walking home alone at night you know even saying that sentence actually coming out of my mouth that as a woman you have to take all these preventative measures to ensure Mm. your safety that that's absurd but anyways we're gonna chat through it you know she wore running shoes her clothing covered her body and would not be considered provocative. Bright clothes, bright colors. Yeah, she, you know, she checked in with her boyfriend on the phone, gave him an ETA on when she'd she'd be back, uh, and I think it was only something like nine nine wasn't p.m. Even, right? Yeah, wasn't yeah. late. Yeah, and on you know, what's what's quite sad about the situation is she was approached by a police officer, and. You know, obviously you see a policeman. There's this automatic mm-hmm. trust and this sense Calm. of authority as like, well. Okay, this is okay. I'm going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. And subsequently she was kidnapped and killed by him. Mm-hmm. And her death sparked outrage in the female community here in, yeah. in the London and the UK. And uh, brought about a really tough conversation about women's safety and this being a massive problem. Crazy. I, re- I remember calling you that same week this had happened. Actually, I think I got in touch with you, with you and she was missing. And then we kept mm. in touch as she wasn't turning up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I couldn't get past the feeling that there's something deeply wrong ingrained in society and how men are educated or in this case, obviously, not educated enough. And it just makes me so sad. Honestly, like the, the, that week, I just couldn't... I just couldn't move from that feeling. And I know, Alex, you felt as strongly as I did about this matter. And I think the best way to maybe begin to find the cure is to talk about it, educate, um, educate everyone of all gender, of all ages, of all backgrounds, and just start now. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into women in the media. We're going to chat about the way women are still depicted in television and film today and unpack why that is. And we're also going to take a look at the double standards that female celebrities still face. Alex, I know this is a topic that you have some experience with. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, this was a major topic that I studied uh, in my undergraduate degree, which was in media studies, uh, you know, from analyzing how women are framed in reality shows, uh, film and pornography, Mm -hmm. to the role that media play in in perpetuating women in this archaic, stereotypical fashion. So for my uh, bachelor's degree, I created this 15-minute documentary that looked at how leading women in action films were being depicted. And, you know, at the time, I thought, oh, we've come a long way. Mm -hmm. Women are in these roles where they are the protagonist in the storyline. And they're these badass independent women like kicking ass, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the reality when you take a step back and analyze how these women are always hypersexualized with how they dressed, uh, with how they're dressed. Um, You know, and nine times out of ten, the plot is still largely focused on her relationship um or love for a man and i'm you know yeah you're so right it's like you're so so right have you ever seen the youtube clips of scarlett johansson being interviewed before and after her avengers movie i mean yes i know exactly what you're talking about yeah they're they're all over youtube for anyone Mm. who just wants to to type them in it's crazy please watch them they ask her what she's wearing beneath her tight cat suit which god forbid you would ever ask that to chris hemsworth or her diet and what did she have to eat isn't it crazy that the way that her amazing talent hard work and perseverance is overshadowed by what a great ass she has yeah. and, and Megan Fox in Transformers sorry but what is that about women have to sell their bodies to be featured in a movie and then hope for the rest of their career they be taken seriously I mean I agree she's super hot obviously but surely we have evolved enough that we can sacrifice having a woman bending over a car in hot pants um, I've literally had to stop watching Hollywood movies because it just angers me the way that when something bad happens in the girl in the movie turns around to the hot guy and says what are we gonna do now like literally when in real life have you seen a woman do that turn to a guy and hope he fixes it to be honest like I normally fix the shit. Um, <laughs> it's completely unrealistic and demeaning. I mean, I fix everything uh, myself. And to my knowledge, all of us get shit done. Our shit done. So Yeah, it's not yeah. reflective in the least. <laughs> no, I don't know. In terms of what reality from. is. Yeah. And, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. There's this assessment called the Bechdel test, which mm. it's this measurement of the representation of women in fiction. And they have to meet this certain criteria to pass, uh, you know, this this assessment, such as, for example, two women who mm. speak to each other uh, about something other than a man. And the majority of the films that I analyzed with that documentary that I did back in at my bachelor's uh, completely bombed this test. Yeah, everything from, I think I looked at films such as uh, Kill Bill, for example. Um, uh, What else? Um, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Really? Yeah, and I did it over the span. I, I think I was looking, no, yeah, at films, you know, as early as the 60s as well up to present day but yeah most of them that's crazy to be honest i didn't know anything about this test which shows how little importance producers and direction directors actually give it it's that's just disappointing like those are big films yeah and it it really is beyond action films though we're all too familiar with seeing these scenarios where the camera pans slowly over the curves of a woman's body and you get that sensual maybe porny perspective and Mm. that's the male gaze it's this that's a you know the male gaze is this theoretical term that was coined um 
I think in 1975 by the mm-hmm. British film theorist Laura Mulvey. And the gaze mm-hmm. is basically just for those who who may be unaware of this. Uh, it's just describing how viewers engage with visual media. So it invokes the sexual politics of the gaze and suggests a sexualized way of looking that empowers men, but objectifies women Mm. so the woman's positioned as an object of this Mm. heterosexual male desire and it just creates this power imbalance supporting the patriarchal i can't patriarchal thank you can't english status quo that perpetuates women's real life sexual objectification and this male gaze is so ubiquitous that it's taken for granted once you've seen it you cannot unsee it even when filmmakers try to avoid presenting female characters mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. mere sexual objects by giving them maybe like a complex backstory, that male gaze is, is still the norm. You are so right. This is so eye-opening and I feel like everyone... We've ruined movies for everyone now, which is good. Sorry, guys. We, we definitely have ruined <laughs> movies for you, but this it's good. Um, and like, for example, in 2020, so last year, the percentages of behind-the-scenes women working on the top 100 and um, grossing films actually inched upward. So women comprised of 20, 21% of all directors, writers, producers, except, wow, I'm stuck on my word now. Executive. Thanks, babe. Yeah, we save each other, babe. <sighs> okay, so executive producers, editors, and cinematographers working in the top 100 grossing films up to, up from, up from 20%. In 2019, so the over-representation of men in the industry means most characters on screen are male and they're usually surrounded by elements that appeal to, well, male audiences. (laughs) To change this, we... We need more female representation in the industry. Shouldn't shouldn't there be more funding, maybe opportunities and maybe bigger brands, companies, building awareness? Like these people have the power. These people are in the game. Like, can you get women into these places? Yeah, and we're starting to see a bit of this. For example, Hello Sunshine was founded by actress Reese Reese Witherspoon. Her. Yeah, I love her too. I love her so much. She's great. Um it's this media company that puts women at the center of every story they create. Uh, and it's focused on telling female driven stories mm. uh, on film. And she, you know, produced the Oscar nominated films such as Gone Girl, Wild, uh, the HBO drama series, <laughs> Big Little Lies. Oh my God, I binged that when that <laughs> came out. So good. And uh, same with binging the Emmy nominated Little Fires Everywhere. Also so fantastic. Good. So good. Love Carrie Washington. Um, and that one touches on rates is one of the, mm. the crucial contrasts um, between the two leading characters. But yeah, we need more of this. We really do. And I think I saw Reese Witherspoon. She made another like documentary about how she started this production company. But, you know, I love her from going from Legally Blonde, Bend and Snap, you know, to really yeah. just like, to just taking that and creating her new product. Oh, I, lo- I love it. And then, so obviously I'm really enjoying seeing more women cast in movies and TV series, especially when they've been, for me, when they've been given something like a CEO role or even something as similar as lead police officer, like I don't know if you've watched it, um, The Fall, Gillian Anderson. 
Oh my god, I would go gay for her. She is so gorgeous. I'll definitely <laughs> check it out. I need a new show. So thank you. Jillian, if you're out there. Um, but also when the narrative is about female friendships and not solely about love interests Mm -hmm. um one of the series i really remember having an impact on me was girl boss yes the story of mm -hmm. sofia amoroso and her journey of becoming um the big town businesswoman in the fashion industry she founded nasty girl by the way guys um and she valued so if you watch the the series she values becoming successful over being with a guy and i was like thank you (gasps) Finally, yeah. I, I mean, I love the series as well, and I read the the book Girl Boss. Um, read the book, yeah. And that series is definitely uh, an example of the female mm. gaze, which you know we were talking about the male gaze before, and um, where the female gaze is just that polar opposite. It's this emotional uh, and respectful view that doesn't mm-hmm. objectify women but supports them and, and uplifts them. And it's not about asserting <laughs> fa- female dominance on screen or objectifying men in reverse like maybe what you see in magic mike that's Mm -hmm. not that's not the point of the female gaze no 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 actually in fact i think it would be um nice to maybe pop in some of our favorite women empowering films into the description oh that's a great idea of the podcast yeah Yeah, i've got so many i've got so many to mention otherwise but yeah you guys have to go and watch these honestly there's so many there's films that will pop down that oh yeah um so let's let's shift to talk about how the media themselves not just television and film um but how the media are perpetuating double standards of women so the most disturbing situation i can think of is the britney spears case that is still ongoing and the findings are shocking people all over the world to the extent that the hashtag free britney is now an international support movement which i use on a daily basis mm-hmm. <laughs> almost i mean only 20 years ago was it still accepted to harass and embarrass women to the point of mental breakdown basically is what she had and then they made fun of you know they make fun of these women that they harass by popping them on the front cover of a glossy magazine i mean would the media have done that to a man you look at old clips of interviews done by these well-known and supposedly respected journalists like diane sawyer where the sole focus is tearing apart britney's relationship with justin guilt chipping her for allegedly cheating on him but also slut shaming her and asking uh, on asking if she's proud of some of the outfits she's worn and it's relentless because all of the media interviews she'd done were focused on her relationship status and the outfits she wore rather than her talent and her global success which was obviously more notable by the way she's still relevant and no wonder she rebelled and had a mental breakdown and shaved her hair i mean i hate that they caused it and then they shamed it for they shamed her for it i love you Brittany. i love you um <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen the framing britney spears documentary i highly recommend giving it a watch Mm -hmm. uh it covers everything just has just touched on and what blew my mind is the stark contrast in how the media treated justin timberlake Mm -hmm. i mean they asked him if he slept with her and he said yes and they basically treat it like this sort of amazing achievement to bang the britney spears Mm -hmm. but then he also gets interviewed by uh barbara walters and this is so different to Britney's interview with Diane. I mm. mean, with Britney, she's interviewed alone, attacked by the interviewer to the point of tears. 
and on a stage set. Mm -hmm. Whereas Justin, on the flip side, has his mom by his side. He's at home. He's asked about the relationship ending in this empathetic way. And he's depicted as the Mm -hmm. victim of the situation. And can we all just also just take a second to talk about the crying Cry Me River music video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just fuels the fire of the media attacking Britney for cheating. Yeah, so it's it's so funny, right? So in the interview with Barbara, he explicitly said that he didn't want to throw Britney under the bus. But then again, he was quite happy to have her depicted badly in the music video, which then caused so much speculation and so much hate against Britney. He could he could see how detrimental this was going to be to her career and her health, but decided to hurt her reputation anyway. And I think it's outrageous how the media sexist like this and supports shaming and guilt tripping women. Britney was definitely within her right to lose her virginity before she got married. Um, She was within her right to live her life and make her mistakes like all of us are. Like, yeah, you know, like any normal human being, any normal human (laughs) being. And yes, she's in the public eye and scrutiny is expected, but not to the point where it's discriminatory. I completely agree with you. And I think it's ridiculous that Justin ends up profiting off her misery. Mm -hmm. And it's not the last time that this happens because we see it occur again at the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson, where there is the infamous wardrobe malfunction. Justin tears off a piece of her top that exposes her breast. And then there's this enormous backlash from the media, but putting all the emphasis and blame on Janet. Mm -hmm. Her management has her issue out an apology. What the actual fuck? I mean, Justin is the one who exposed her breast in the first place. So why is she the person who's having to be the sole person apologizing for that it it makes no sense to me and her career has never fully recovered since as a result whereas Justin's has only continued to grow it's mad right like she she had to be the one to apologize like sorry guys sorry world sorry I have boobs I'm gonna apologize basically that's what they made her apologize Mm -hmm. for like sorry I have boobs I mean it's it's so sad right because Janet wasn't invited to the Grammy Awards the year of what was deemed Nipplegate, um, while Justin not only attended but he performed. Um, so Janet Janet's music music and videos were banned by um, Clear Channel Communications radio stations and TV channels. He did Justin did issue a statement in two thousand and six where he said, "If you consider it fifty fifty, then I probably got ten percent of the blame." Um, Then he says, I think America is harsher on women. And then I think America is unfairly harsh on ethnic people. Close inverted commas. I mean, not just America, right? Like here in Britain, we have so many issues that run parallel with this. And I'm sure it's similar around the world too. We, We just want to point out that even though Justin could have done more at the time... It is the media that we're tra- throwing fire at and not just Justin or men. <laughs> like um, Justin did issue an apology regarding Brittany and Janet and he said, um, quote, I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. Close inverted commas. He says in the Instagram post. But this this apology should have come earlier than 15 years later in 2021, no? Yeah, and I think that's a lot of, it's a point that a lot of people are making that it's too little too late and Mm. questioning the authenticity of his apology since its timing is following the release of the 
uh, Britney Spears documentary, mm-hmm. as well as the subsequent public criticism that he got. So I'd be curious to hear from our listeners what they think. So please do email us with, with your thoughts. Uh, should we cry Justin Timberlake a river? <laughs> yeah, please email us. Um, link is in the podcast description. Um, so yeah, let, let us know what you think, guys and girls and whoever's watching and um, watching, listening. Uh, we welcome all comments. But also, I just want to p- point out that most importantly, I don't believe just Janet or Brittany have publicly accepted his apology. So maybe it's too late for them. Very true. Uh, and there's another thing that I want to talk to you about today, staying on mm. our theme with women in media, but <laughs> shifting the gears a little bit. Nice. I was watching Sex in the City the other day, and I'm not sure if you know, but they are rebooting the show with the new <sighs> series called Just Like That, with all of the same main characters except Kim Cattrall who plays the iconic Samantha. Oh, what? I I honestly didn't know, but I love the show and how for me it was such a breakthrough series in the way they openly spoke about sex, especially for a show that came out in the 1990s, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. It um, It was a series empowering women and allowing them to be portrayed in a different way for once they even went all the way and included the word sex in the title which is quite bold for the time I remember um I love how it focuses on female friendships and that Carrie is a successful writer in her own right it was inspiring I I was a young kid watching this you know so it's pretty inspiring for a young girl and and as a complete lover of fashion and nice things it was nice to see fancy clothes and dinners paralleled with successful women on screen Mm -hmm. they were paying for themselves they did it themselves I I really love that yeah me too and what's also interesting about this reboot is that it's going to feature at least three new black female main characters uh sarah jessica parker uh is an exact producer on the show on the reboot uh and has pushed for more diverse cast as well as for non-white writers to create the script oh wow I'm, i'm so here for this like i did not know this is amazing it's such a great step like considering a very whitewashed it, it was a very whitewashed cast but also New York is actually really diverse and they're doing the right thing by having the show reflect real life to be honest yeah and let's highlight these newly confirmed Ooh. writers uh apologies if I'm butchering the <laughs> pronunciation of names here I did try to look it up but <laughs> we have comedian author and blogger Samantha Irby Rashna is it Rashna um, Rachna sure. Frukborn. Oh, nice God, name, I'm butchering this. Who was a writer on Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Fresh Off the Boat and Black Lightning writer Kelly Goff, who's also an American journalist and uh, political commentator recognized for her contributions cool. to the Huffington Post, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go back to something you touched on with this being a groundbreaking show, especially for the 90s, with the way that they depicted sex and single life for women in their 30s and what was probably quite bold for the time in showing how women want sex as much as men Mm -hmm. do but also that they don't necessarily want or (laughs) need a man for more than that Um, and the American show came out right after 
U.S. President Bill Clinton's sex scandal with Monica Lewinsky mm-hmm. that that same year. Um, so at the time, just taking into consideration that the media was focusing on a narrative where there's this powerful man taking advantage of a younger female and beyond politics there wasn't much positive Mm. portrayal of women and sex in films like fatal attraction for example um but also the cultural idea at the time that a woman in her 30s is a spinster which makes me feel great at at 31 (laughs) um so this was quite the you know revolutionary show for that time and and for women I love the way you think sometimes Alex (laughs) thanks like that that's so spot on and this series also focused on the importance of not settling for a relationship but finding fulfillment in other ways like your career and those ride or die friendships but um also I can't really think of many other tv shows or films that highlight sex as honestly as this show did in terms of showing female masturbation talking about condoms bad sex that you regret and also highlighting female pleasure so most film and tv shows depict sex where it's like the woman is ready and raring to go after a two-minute makeout session (laughs) which is like completely unrealistic oh unrealistic and this completely skews men's ideas of how it all works for us until we actually have to tell them why are we fed that we have to please a man and if he doesn't finish we feel terrible like loads of women don't finish and men don't know or like care yeah and I think what would be good to see in this new series is not only uh better diversity like we touched on with with the Mm. the writers and uh the main characters but also as the me too movement has rapidly grown and got Mm. you know a lot more focus in the in the past year uh showing women navigating dealing with verbal assault in the streets Mm. saying no to sex changing your mind about having sex with someone being pressured into sex all those difficulties that women face I mean the show was in my opinion quite progressive at the time so it's important that it continues to be progressive and evolving and presenting these issues in the narrative so true definitely and beyond the hashtag me too movement i think television and films need to be more open to involving people who identify as lgbtq and non-binary and putting them in the spotlight as well we saw a bit of this in pretty little liars where emily um, the actress Shay Mitchell figured out she was gay. There's some diversity and honesty in series like 13 Reasons Why as well, where they touch on rape and depression too. But still, I want it to be evident to young kids watching everywhere that it's okay to like who you like. It's a normal thing. I want them to know that taking care of your mental health is important. Speaking up is, is, is important and not a taboo. And this is all intertwined with what they see in the media, what's given to them, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, looking back on everything that we've touched on, uh, there's a glimmer of hope. Mm, You know, we're not there yet, but we're better than we were off 20 years ago. And I hope that and continues to improve. So uh, to close every episode, Chess and I want to leave you with an empowering song. And for those who don't know, Chess is 
a very talented professional singer. Uh, so I thought it would be fitting to close our first episode with mm. one of her new original songs. So Chess, do you want to tell us a little about it? Yay! Um, yeah, of course. So I'm so excited for this one. It's my brand new single called I Don't Owe You Pretty, which is inspired by Erin McKean, who said, quote, you don't owe prettiness to anyone. Not to your boyfriend, spouse, partner, not to your co-workers, especially not to random men in the street. You don't owe it to your mother. You don't owe it to your children. You don't owe it to civilization in general. Prettiness is not a rent you pay for occupying a space marked female. Um, great quote, by the way. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> and then, of course, I had to make the song extra sassy. I wrote this with a friend called Kit, and the producer is Jeff from LA. I hope you enjoy the throwback vibes and can believe you are perfect as you are, and you don't need to apologize for taking up that space. You are a person, you have an important voice, and you are beautiful. Great. And before we leave you all with this new tune, please make sure that you subscribe and share the podcast. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Big Vag Energy. And please do email us if you want to share feedback on what we've chatted about, any topics that you'd like us to cover, or any suggestions for inspiring women that you would like us to feature an interview on here. You can get in touch with us at the Big Vag Energy Podcast at gmail.com. Woo! Thank you, everyone. I don't know your friend.
share She told me how to do it Madonna too, there's nothing to it Thank you Erin, you give us life We take this saying in our stride We don't owe you pretty We don't owe you pretty I don't owe you pretty Tell